Hello, everybody. It is December 12th, 2023. We are wrapping up the year, and I just got done teaching my free masterclass called Holiday Harmony and Navigating Your Nutrition for Stress Free Festivities. And I made a big oopsie. I made a huge mistake when recording this masterclass, and I'm bummed about it but I'm trying to make light of the situation. And that is why I'm here talking to you right now. Essentially what I did was I recorded the class, but I was messing around with the audience view versus the presenter view. Because the first time I did the class, everyone could see my notes and the upcoming slides. And you know, that's totally fine. It's like, there's nothing to hide, but I wanted to clean up the space, make it a little bit more professional. And in trying to be more professional, I ended up messing up everything. And once I got to the second slide in the entire 49 slide set, that's all anyone saw the entire class. And because I only had a few people on for this one, nobody told me. Someone did end up saying that the connection was bad on their end. So by the time that they noticed, it was already towards the end. And because I talk so much and I don't, I guess, rely on the slides, maybe it's possible that people didn't even notice because it sounded like a regular podcast. So I am here now giving you my audio only version of the masterclass. So for those that wanted to attend and couldn't, this is your perfect opportunity to put this on while you're maybe doing chores, getting ready for to host family or making food for a holiday party or event. Whenever you feel like listening to this, I just know that I listen to podcasts either when I am A, in the car, B, in the shower, or C, cleaning my house, or D, cooking. So whether you're doing any of those things or just staring at your phone screen, hey, I'm here ready to give you a bunch of amazing tips to help you fight food fatigue, food guilt, and set yourself up for success with your health and wellness goals come the new year. So without further ado... Let's get into the masterclass. So I want to know how many of you feel like the holiday season is the most stressful time of the year regarding food, whether that's tedious planning and preparation, fighting food guilt, fearing falling off track with your health goals, worrying about being judged by family for the food choices you make. And if it is for you, why does it matter? Why are we spending a Tuesday evening talking about this? It matters because you're spending more time worrying and less time being present during the two best months of the year for connecting with friends and family and practicing gratitude. I don't say this to make you feel guilty by any means. I've been in this exact position too, but that's why I'm here. Now I'm here to show you how to have a much less stressful holiday season. So imagine if you could eat all the foods you want without feeling guilty, not just this time of the year, but any time of the year, 
have energy instead of crashing after a big meal and sustain your progress so you don't have to create a strict New Year's resolution come January. So what my goal with this masterclass is, is to walk you through my personal nutrition philosophy so you can reframe your mindset around holiday eating and New Year's resolutions. This is for you if you are looking for the solution to never fall off track with your healthy habits, regardless of the time of year, you've made one too many New Year's resolutions that you did not stick with in the past, and you want to create more balance in your life when it comes to your eating habits. So I want to know who has tried restrictive diets in the past, if they've worked, uh, because if you are stuck in that mindset of that dieting mentality, the things that I talk about in this masterclass might be too far out there for you. Uh, hopefully we can break those things down though, to make it easy to understand as long as you're open to new ways of thinking and new ways of approaching food mindset, then you're definitely in the right place. You will leave today knowing with absolute confidence that the holidays don't have to be as stressful as we make them. If we're going to have success together, though, I definitely need your attention. It's okay to ask questions. You can ask questions at any time during the masterclass. Sometimes I'll like to pop open into the chat and look. And then other times I leave it until the end, but I'm here to serve you and make this time super valuable. I'm going to share as much as I can with you in this short time we have together. I know you're going to walk away with some great ideas and information, and I know that they can greatly impact your life. They've impacted mine and a lot of the clients that I've had in the past, but I also know that some of you are going to want some additional support and help before we wrap up. And I promise that I will take a few extra minutes to share with you how you can get some next steps and support to help you move forward. So a little bit about me. I am a women's health registered dietitian, but I know that we don't just have women on this call today, which I'm very thankful for the reason why I decided to go down the route of women's health specifically is the problems that I had growing up were very specific to being a woman, having a menstrual cycle. And those were the people that I attracted when I started talking about food and nutrition. When I started building a TikTok following back in 2020, 93% of my audience was female. So I catered to my large female audience and ended up creating a specialization in gut and hormone health. Gut and hormone health affects men just as much as it affects women, but women tend to have a little bit more complicated hormone profile throughout the days and throughout the months. So that's why a lot of women come to me. There's a lot of different intricacies that are harder to manage, but I do absolutely work with men. I have several male clients, so it's not like I, I discriminate or shut anybody out by any means. 
I have a root cause approach in my practice where I focus on stress being the root cause of diseases. This is why I prioritize stress management so heavily with my clients and why this masterclass, although we're focusing on the holidays, it has such a strong focus on stress too. A little bit more about me. I have a huge sweet tooth, which we will definitely be talking about in this call because it pertains exactly to what a lot of other people go through during the holidays. I used to never be able to enjoy the holidays because I was always on my period growing up and I always had really bad cramps and fatigue. So I would be in bed most of the time. I specifically remember one Thanksgiving, I was in my room with the door open, looking out at the dining room table, watching everybody eat. And I was in bed <laughs> and it sucked. So I made it my mission to help myself feel better, learn how to manage my symptoms naturally through nutrition and lifestyle interventions and move away from like being on birth control, for example, or a medication to just be a band-aid over the symptoms and instead focus on that root cause approach. I would also like to know if anybody has any favorite holiday foods and desserts, please drop them in the chat because it's always fun to think about, especially because Christmas and New Year's are coming up soon. So there's a lot of food to be shared. My favorite holiday food is scoongeely. And not a lot of people know what that is. It is basically, it's conch or conch, however you want to say it. It's conch. Um, it's a type of seafood. It's a mollusk. And the only time of year that I get it is this time of year because my grandma always buys it off straight off the internet <laughs> and then makes like a little salad with it. And it's actually really good. It's a hard sell for some people, but I grew up with it. So I... I love it. There's tons of garlic in it. Totally hurts my stomach, but I eat it anyway. Uh, and then my holiday dessert favorite are my homemade French macaroons. It's tradition that I bring them to holiday gatherings. I've already made about four batches this year for different things. And I just, even though it's not necessarily a traditional holiday food, that's an all-time favorite of mine. So let's get into these three secrets. Number one, why your 2024 New Year's resolution won't work. What to do instead. Two, you can fight the food coma and avoid fatigue on your favorite days of the year. And three, you can bake your pie and eat it too without food guilt. Now with secret number one, um, um, before I get into that, I want to let you know that I have a free holiday recipe collection that I will be giving away at the end. If you stay until the end, I'm going to drop a link in the chat and you'll have access to over 20 different holiday recipes that you can use for yourself or bring to a party, bring to an event and have people love you for it. So definitely stick around to the end, but let's get right into secret number one. I have had, although few I have had clients that ghost me all year, then reach out at the start of the new year thinking all they need is one session with me, maybe some fairy dust and poof, their unhealthy habits are gone and they can achieve everything. They've been deprioritizing the entire year. They then continue to do this every year, never actually getting anywhere because they haven't adopted the foundations that we're about to talk about. Because some people think that you can just have a quick fix 
when it comes to your health and wellness, which is so not the case. So here's uh, why changing your thinking around New Year's resolutions is so important. The concept of New Year's resolutions perpetuates the short-term mindset around goal setting. What I mean by that is we expect that just because it's a new year, we can will ourselves to start something brand new without building core foundations that make goal setting successful in the first place. Without these foundations, New Year's resolutions will fail and continue to fail as soon as motivation is gone, which usually takes less than two weeks. For a lot of people, this reaffirms their belief that they are incapable of achieving their goals. This mindset will discourage them from trying again until A, something drastic happens like a health scare, or B, New Year's comes around once again and the cycle just continues. So here are some of the biggest mindset mistakes people make with New Year's resolutions. Number one, waiting for the clock to strike midnight and expecting a transformation. That is not how this works. It's not like that much is changing. There is a number difference and that's it. And people start to think that their life is going to be drastically altered by it being 2024 and not 2023 anymore without doing anything to change their mindset. People tend to have an all or nothing mentality. So they approach the holidays saying, screw it. I'm not going to focus on my goals, my health goals, my fitness goals, anything like that, because there's just so much going on. There's so many holiday parties. There's so much food. I'm just going to go all out. I'm going to drink a lot of alcohol. (laughs) Usually that happens as well. And then I'll just start in the new year and be super strict with myself. And then guess what happens? The strictness is super unsustainable and people fall off within two weeks. And then three, believing that more extreme resolutions are more effective. When you make a goal so unattainable or out of reach, it's not going to necessarily make you work harder to achieve it. And I've seen this mistake be made countless times by so many people with a variety of health and fitness goals where it's just like, well, the harder I make the goal, the more motivation I'll have. That is not how it works. And usually what ends up happening is you go for the goal for a short amount of time, realize how hard you're working, burn out, lose the motivation, and then feel bad about yourself. So Let's start making realistic goals, people. Here is exactly how to change your New Year's resolution so it actually happens. Number one, create a SMART goal. And I would encourage anybody who is watching this to pull out a pen and paper or the notes app on your phone. If you already have a goal in mind for the new year or any goal that you have right now in general, this is a good thing to write down. You can go ahead and write it down right now, or you can just jot down 
what the acronym means and then go back to it and fill in the blanks. Up to you. So S equals specific. Of course, you want something to be specific. If it's a vague goal, like I want to lose weight, what does that actually mean? How do you actually know that you've achieved the goal that you want? Losing one pound is going to feel and look a lot different than losing 20 pounds, for example. So telling yourself an actual number is really important. And I'm not just talking about weight loss. It could be anything. Just make it M measurable, which you can do that with weight. You can do that with muscle mass too. Um, really specific and measurable go hand in hand. You also want to make sure that it's achievable. So that's what A stands for. If it's achievable, then the likelihood that you're actually going to do it is far greater than saying, I want to go to space in 2024 <laughs> or something like that, you know, for a fact, you are unable to accomplish. Now, there's a lot of things in this life that are possible, but you do want to make sure that whatever it is, it is achievable. <laughs> then R is for relevant. Is your goal actually relevant to what you want? Is it relevant to what you want? Because a lot of people end up creating a goal based off of what other people want out of you or what society wants out of you and without actually thinking about what it is you want. So taking a while to think about your vision for 2024 can help solidify what that goal should really mean. Then T is for timely. So making sure you have a timeline can be really helpful so that you know, going back to S specific, you know exactly if you've hit it or not. Okay. Number two, write your goals down and visualize what it would be like to achieve them. I want you to get the actual feeling of what it would be like to achieve that goal. Feel the feeling <laughs> as if you already have it because when things get tough, you can go back to that intrinsic feeling, pull it out of you and say, this is why I'm still going for this goal, even though it's hard, because I wanna feel like this the majority of the time. Three. Share goals with people that will hold you accountable. It can be a coach, a dietitian, a therapist, your friends, your family, someone that will actually hold you accountable and actually cares about your goal. Because then you have stake in the game. If you're just journaling it and not sharing it with other people, there's not as much on the line. You will take it more seriously if you have someone holding you accountable externally, not just internally. Four, celebrate wins, both big and small. The big wins are always great, but the small wins are what really keep you going when things get tough. If you're having a really hard day and you're like, oh my gosh, nothing's working, nothing's working. Really think about it. Think about how your life has changed between now and the time you started working to achieve that goal. I'll take weight loss as an example because it's the easiest one to talk about. 
let's say the scale weight isn't going down. And a lot of people get bogged down by that and feel bad when that scale weight isn't moving. However, you could look at yourself in the mirror and have positive thoughts. You could feel better in your clothes. Maybe they fit a little bit nicer. They like, you don't have to squeeze into things as much. Maybe you just naturally feel a little bit lighter, less bloated, more energy, stronger in the gym. All of these things are signs that you're getting closer to your goal without them being the actual goal. It still means you're making progress. So don't ever forget that. And then five, treat it like any other time of the year. The New Year's, when it comes to goal setting, is nothing special. Like I said before, it's a number change. And that's really all that's happening. Um, of course, then like, you know, as far as taxes go and things like that, very different. <laughs> but when we're talking about goal setting with our health and wellness, it's like any other time of the year. You can start a goal like this using all of these tips in March, in April, in October. It doesn't matter. Treat it like any other time of the year. You won't hype it up as much. And in doing that, it makes it easier to stay on track because you're more likely to create small, sustainable habits than settle into that all or nothing mentality that I talked about before. Right now we are on to secret number two. You can fight the food coma and avoid fatigue on your favorite days of the year. So I'm curious if any of you are like this person or if you have a family member that is like this person, but I have someone in my family that every Thanksgiving overeats, passes out on the couch, and then doesn't spend time with the family after that. They eat really fast. They're the first to leave the dinner table. They end up asleep or just zoning out watching football. And then they don't talk to anybody the rest of the night. But that's not the point of the holidays. The point of the holidays is to spend time with family. <laughs> and so over the years, I noticed this <laughs> and I actually gifted this family member once I became a dietitian, uh, free conversations on nutrition for like, like basically free consults when really all we're doing is I I'm just holding him accountable and I'm giving him some tangible resources to help him stop having these habits. And it was so interesting because we started that last year. So I've been working with him and it's been about 11 months. Thanksgiving rolls around and he eats a totally regular portion size and he's up and about and like walking my dog for me. And it felt so great to have him be present with us and not just like not being included in all of the activities. And it showed me that he was committed to making the change. And it's not like I coached him the week prior telling him exactly how to eat or anything like that. These were basic concepts and foundations that he had built earlier in the year that he applied to the Thanksgiving feast because 
it's just like any other meal. There's no point in overeating. So he ate a normal portion and was just out and about and talking to everybody the entire night. And it was really, it was really amazing to see because I mean, I, I've grown up watching this person do the same exact thing every single year. And all of a sudden it's different. And I love it so much. So <clears throat> this is why we're talking about this. I am very, very passionate about it. I know what it can do for family quality time because spending more quality time with friends and family is so important. And this is the time of year where people just tend to prioritize it more. And that's great. I'm glad there's a time that people can take the time to like travel and go see their families. But let's make the most of it, right? Everything feels better when your energy is up. You have better memories. You can participate in more activities. Everything just feels so good when you have a lot of energy. And you'll know this if you've ever been super exhausted on a holiday. It's not the same. <laughs> and another thing I want you to know is that these tips specifically will help you stay on track all year and not just give you energy on Christmas day, for example. These are gonna help you increase and sustain your energy every single day of your life. Now, of course, there's gonna be exceptions to that, like for my ladies, when we're on our first day of our period or when we get sick. Like there's gonna be times where you can't have high energy all the time, but the majority is what we really wanna focus on. So here is how to gain and sustain your energy on your favorite days of the year. Number one, eat regularly throughout the day. I cannot stress this enough. Do not skip meals in order to save room for the big meal. That's not how your stomach works. Our stomachs can only expand so much. So <laughs> it's logically flawed to try and do it this way. And it causes an imbalance in your blood sugar. Your blood sugar affects your mood, and your energy. And the way you balance your blood sugar is by eating balanced meals and snacks throughout the entire day. And what I mean by balance is having a protein source, a carbohydrate, a fruit and veggie, and a healthy fat on your plate or in your snack. For snacks, you can have two or more food groups. Just pick and choose. But you wanna make sure that you eat breakfast the day of the big meal, you eat lunch depending on when you guys normally have. I know some like Thanksgiving dinners can be really more like a late lunch, but make sure that you're snacking throughout the day as well. Just please eat regularly. It will make such a huge difference for your energy. Instead of having your blood sugar go down, 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 down throughout the entire course of the day and then spike when you eat that big meal just to come crashing down again, you will have it be more steady. And when it's steady, you have higher energy and a, and a better mood. Next, light exercise after a heavy meal. Nothing crazy, but like being out in the yard and tossing a football to your nieces and nephews or your brothers and sisters, whoever you're around, that would be considered light exercise. Walking around the neighborhood, walking the dog, light exercise. That helps your body use the food that you just ate as energy, it get, helps get that glucose into your cells quicker so that you can use it as energy. 
uh, so that you can have more stable blood sugar. Again, the blood sugar is very important. And lastly, moderation mindset over all or nothing mindset. Because <laughs> this really has to happen all year round. But for some reason, during the holidays, I think it's really because we are we have a lot of different kinds of foods in our face that we don't normally see throughout the rest of the year. We tend to get in this all or nothing mindset of, oh my gosh, this plate of cookies, you know, when is the next time I'm going to be able to have all of this? Probably not until next year. So let me eat all of the cookies or eat way too many. When the truth is, if you want cookies, all of you that are watching this, I'm pretty sure are adults. <laughs> if you want cookies any time of the year, you can go get them. So this all or nothing mindset is flawed. Instead, have a moderation mindset and think about, okay, cool. I can eat this now. I can have a cookie now. And then in a couple hours, if I want another one, I can have another one. They're still going to be here. There, there's not a scarcity. There's not a deficit of holiday desserts or holiday food. It's all a mindset. <laughs> and I also want to emphasize eating slowly is extremely important when you're eating the big meal and also when you're eating your desserts because it can help you analyze your hunger cues and your fullness so that you can avoid overeating. This applies to every day, every time you eat something. Eating slowly lets your hormones know when you should stop eating. Your hormones are, your gut and your brain are constantly communicating with one another. And one of the ways that they communicate is by telling you when you're hungry and when you're full. So as you're eating, your stomach is filling up and then your gut sends uh, hormones to your brain, letting you know that you are full or getting there. But if you eat too fast, your hormones do not have enough time. Your gut and brain don't have enough time to communicate that. So you can overeat a lot easier if you're eating too fast. This is why we slow down and ask ourselves when we're halfway done with the plate, three quarters of the way done with the plate, am I still hungry or am I good? Am I satisfied? Am I full? Am I stuffed? We don't want to get to the stuffed category because that's what makes us slump after a big meal. That food coma happens usually when we surpass satisfaction, fullness, and then get into the, the stuffed range. So that's how you can avoid it. And this is helpful by like having conversations at the dinner table. That definitely helps you slow down a lot instead of everyone just being silent and shoving food in their face. Number three, you can bake your pie and eat it too without the food guilt. I put an apple pie there because it is my favorite pie. But let me know if anyone has any debates on that. I hope we can all agree that apple pie is superior, but I know there's people out there that don't believe that and that's fine, but I would, that would be very interesting to, to know. So let's talk about my sweet tooth. Let's revisit that topic. I used to completely overdo it during the holidays with desserts to the point where I'd feel sick because I created this scarcity mentality around these types of foods thinking I couldn't have them at any other time of the year. Once I had a simple mindset shift that I could eat these foods any time of the year, 
things changed. Like, oh, yeah, I can make my French macaroons. If I really want them that bad, I can make them in July. It doesn't matter. So why am I fixating on these things? We live in a place where we are very privileged to have access to a lot of different types of foods within minutes, really. Uh, we have freaking Uber Eats and DoorDash. We don't even have to leave our house to get some of our favorite foods. So having this scarcity mentality does not serve us, doesn't benefit us and is a very flawed way of thinking about food. But we we get in this mindset so easily because we associate certain foods with the holidays. This was a huge problem for me, especially with Halloween, because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the only time my parents are going to let me have Halloween, like have candy in the house. And so I would try and pace myself, but I would be going in the pantry multiple times a day to grab stuff just because it was there. And once I realized that the only reason I actually cared was because I had this scarcity mindset, I stopped craving those types of foods. I'm an adult. I have my own house and I still have a sweet tooth. Does that mean that I go out and get Halloween candy all the time? <laughs> no, because I don't crave it. It's not in the front of my mind. And there's that saying out of sight, out of mind. I don't think about it on the day to day basis because I now care more about foods that make me feel good after eating them, nourishing foods. And when I do have a sweet tooth, I have like, for example, right now I have chocolate chips. <laughs> so then I'll like eat a cup, like a handful of those and then I'm fine. I can go about my day. So here's the truth. No one deserves to feel guilty for eating their favorite foods. This food guilt will spill over to the rest of the year and years to come. So we may as well address it now. Here's a good example of the old way of thinking. I had a client with a history of binge eating and the holidays would make her fall back into old patterns. Because of her scarcity mindset around certain food and drinks, she would enter a binge restrict cycle. And when it comes to binge eating, we get in this mindset, the scarcity mindset of, oh my gosh, I can only have this one food right now. So we overdo it but then feel guilty. And when we feel guilty, we think, oh, that means I have to cut back and I have to really restrict myself to make up for the binge. So it causes this cycle. And when you start to restrict, restrict, restrict for too long, you're going to get to a point where you can't take it anymore and then binge again. And that's when the cycle is created. And it just happens over and over again. She would end up feeling judged by her family and ultimately judged herself for it as well. Once we identified the problem with the mindset around those certain foods, that scarcity, and she gave herself permission to eat these foods in moderation, as well as prioritizing balance through the entire day leading up to the big meals in the evening, she was able to enjoy the holidays without restricting and binging. And then the restrict binge cycle dissolved from there. And she really didn't have the problem. And all of that came down to habit and mindset, the way that she was thinking about certain foods. So this is the new way of thinking. 
ditching the scarcity mindset. We have to stop glorifying certain foods and associating them with only one specific day of the year. You can have that food whenever you want it. <laughs> and once you do that, you will notice you probably don't want that food every other day of the year. Like how I don't want Kit Kats every single day just because I can have them on Halloween. Yeah, I can have them every other day of the year. But when it comes to Halloween, that's the only time I want them. <laughs> and it's it's ridiculous just circling back through that over and over again. Give yourself grace. Please, please give yourself grace this time of year, especially. Food has mass. So weighing yourself after a big day of eating is completely unproductive as you fill up. And like, think about it. It takes a while for food to enter your mouth and then go out the other end. So it's going to be in your system for a while. If you're eating a lot in a particular day, it's going to look like you've gained a bunch of weight at the end of the day, which technically you have. I mean, it's, it's mass, but it doesn't mean you gained fat. It doesn't mean that your body stored all that food as fat in your body and that you're off track. Understand how this affects your weight. Just like you can't lose five pounds overnight, you can't gain five pounds of fat overnight. And don't forget, water retention can affect your weight as well. And during this time of year, people tend to eat higher carbohydrate and higher sodium foods. Both of these types of foods cause water retention, which looks like weight gain because it is, but it's very temporary. Once you go back to eating how you normally do the next day, it's gonna start to go away again. It's not fat gain. They're two completely different things. So just remember that. And lastly, put away the darn scale. It's not going to serve you. We place way too much emphasis on our scale weight at times, and it can get in your head and make you feel less than. Yes, it's great, those wins when you can step on the scale and the number is lower than you expected. But I feel like the opposite makes us feel so much worse than the high is even worth. So think about that. I would recommend putting away the scale again, out of sight, out of mind. If you're trying to lose weight, focus more on the way your clothes fit and feel the way you look in the mirror. You can even do before and after photos. You can measure yourself, like do, do things like that because the scale doesn't really show you how much fat you lose and gain. It shows you what your entire body weighs, which you're not just fat, your water, your muscle, your bone, your, all your organs. <laughs> so why it just doesn't make sense when you really think about it. And I can blame the, uh, conventional medicine and the way, way people like right as soon as they get to the doctor's office, we put a lot of unnecessary emphasis on weight when for example, BMI, super outdated. Someone can be in the overweight category in BMI, but have a lot of muscle mass. It doesn't, it does not add up. So 
there's no point in having a scale in your house, really. <laughs> and so I know we've covered so much already. Let me know in the chat what your biggest takeaway was so far. And if you found this valuable at all, that would be really helpful. I love feedback. I love constructive criticism. It helps me get better at what I do. And it's amazing. So here's the, the summary, the overall recap of what we talked about. You can achieve your New Year's resolutions if you play your cards right by following everything that we talked about in this masterclass. And if you forgot, if you didn't write this stuff down, don't worry, there will be a replay. Two, the holidays do not have to make you lose progress on your goals. In fact, you can excel during the holidays. And three, food guilt and food fatigue can be easily managed through mindset shifts and a change in simple habits. Wow, it has already been 45 minutes. We've covered a lot of information. And I do wanna thank you for spending your Tuesday with me, especially as the holidays are coming up. I knew that doing a masterclass like this over the holidays, there wouldn't be a big turnout. I was gonna be completely honest. I knew that that was going to happen. I still promoted it as if it was any other day of the year though, because I knew the right people would sit down and watch this. So I want to also share the biggest secret of all with you. What would it be like to have a dietitian in your back pocket whenever you need extra support? Someone to text, someone to call when you are having a rough time or you need additional advice and support. Accountability, like I talked about before, is one of the most valuable things to help you achieve your goals. Talking to someone about your goals helps you visualize it, helps you get motivated and actually stay motivated, which is really hard to do on your own. Um, then everyone also needs personalized recommendations on their health journeys that are realistic enough to implement during the holiday season to set yourself up for even greater success than you've ever seen come the new year. That's why I do what I do. Yes, it's great to sit down and do these masterclasses, but all the advice I give on here is general. And I love being able to provide that individual one-on-one -on -one support to people. The tips I shared do not happen overnight, but you can start building the foundations today. Being here right now is the very first step. I challenge you to take a few minutes after the masterclass to write down and reflect on your beliefs around food during the holidays and how they may or may not have served you in the past. Then describe how you plan to move forward with these new perspectives. I'm a strong believer in journaling and how it can help you get all of your thoughts on paper to reflect back on in the future. I think it's a very beautiful thing. It's like a little time stamp. It's a snapshot of where you were at and what you were thinking at at any given point in time that you can look back on like decades later if you keep the journal, you know? So you showed up today because you were experiencing either fatigue, loss of motivation, guilt around food, and too many failed resolutions. Some things that may have held you back in the past include lack of a clear plan, lack of implementation if you did come up with a plan, and lack of support. And after our time together today, how much longer are you willing to wait before you're feeling your best all year round?
That's the true question. So I promised I'd take a few minutes to share how you can extra support, get extra support. So here it is. This is specifically for people who are excited to make a change and know that waiting until the new year won't magically make them succeed in 2024. Now, if you plan on disregarding what was shared today, this is definitely not for you. I will be sending out a form tonight to you if you'd like to get a free consultation to map out a holiday nutrition strategy and a new year nutrition strategy as well. You'll just have to fill that out. So I would love to help you implement everything we talked about today so you can have a much less stressful holiday season and guarantee success in your health goals. If you are watching the recording, I hope you have a wonderful day, weekend, Christmas, New Year, whenever you're watching this, and I will talk to you soon.